0: Welcome to the Daily Objective, day 147 of the war in Israel. I'm joined by Morgan. How's it going, Morgan?
1: I'm not too bad, all things considered.
0: So uh yesterday's by-election or special election in the Rochdale constituency uh in um in, in England, uh in Greater Manchester I'm happened. To to and Rochdale. sorry, that's my phone unmuted. Um And uh, George Galloway, as was uh, to be expected, one, uh, Americans who are uh, are younger uh, probably don't know who he is and uh, who are older might not remember him. He is uh, most famous for his uh, career, uh, making a career out of Jew hatred and uh, for playing a cat on Celebrity Big Brother, uh, as you can see in the thumbnail. Uh, but yeah, you know, the, the, the cat thing, I don't know. I, I always wonder if this is one of those things that politicians do to kind of, uh, seem not like monsters, but I don't think there's anything this person can do to seem not like a monster. We're going to go into, um, some of that. I, 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 actually, sometimes I do things in preparation for episodes that I realize are not necessary, not, not necessary. Like for example, watching his YouTube channel, cause I know enough about him, uh, without uh needing to watch it but i i did watch uh some some part of one video i'll get to that later morgan your your initial thoughts on uh on this by-election result
1: um well it wasn't surprising as you say um part of me was holding out hope that either simon janchuk would win which resoundingly he didn't he came something like fifth or sixth or this independent candidate who did quite well who got about 20 percent of the vote um But Galloway won as the bookies predicted, as and they are very often right. More often, uh, they're right. They're more often righter than the pollsters actually are. And this is a a depressing day, really. In a sense, I feel invigorated because um, you know the enemy is clearly there and in the clear light of day, and it's hard for people to really deny what he is, whereas they do that with other people. But at the same time, he's a real monster who lingered around the House of Commons for a long, long time through a few political parties, not just through the Labour Party, though for the longest time he was. And he was finally rooted out for issues surrounding antisemitism and Palestine. And he sort of just became this figure on the internet and on disreputable broadcasting agencies. I think he was on Russia Today. It's sounding increasingly cranky and crackpotish. Um, yeah, crackpotish. And he sort of faded away from British political life. And for him to be returning like this and to be returning in a sense as this kind of rock star, even the spectator, the way they put up their video about it today, had his face on it. And it said, George is back. And trending on Twitter was something like, congratulations, George, where people seem to really like him. And he is a good orator, but he's an orator for evil. So this is depressing in 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 a very meaningful way.
0: Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, last time he was in parliament, it was also by election uh, in, in Bradford West, a, a um, um, constituency with a Muslim majority here. There's not a Muslim majority. Uh, he got 40 percent of the vote. Thirty nine point seven percent of eligible voters actually went to vote. So it's not that he has this uh, great majority, but it is. Uh, that's how that's how elections work. You don't have to vote Well, d- depending on the country. But here you don't have to vote. And uh and yeah, you don't need a majority. You just need to be um, to, to have more votes than others. So I want to read this, uh, Morgan. I know you're not a fan of this idea, but George Galloway wrote. Uh, yeah, because he is evil and uh, and sometimes making, uh you know, treating it as a joking matter is maybe not treating it as seriously as it should. But it, it's it's hard for me not to. So, Morgan, your uh, your objection is registered and you can uh, elaborate on it, but He wrote, he sent these uh, two separate letters, uh, one for white voters and one for Muslim voters. And I'm going to try to read it in something sounding like the accent of the people I think he was intending to target. So this is for the white voters. First and foremost, I believe in Britain. That's why I fought for Brexit and why I fought against Scottish independence. I believe in family. I am a father of six children, five of them still at school, and I don't like some of the things they are teaching our children. I believe in men and women. God created everything in pairs. Unlike the mainstream parties, I have no difficulty in defining what a woman is. Uh, I believe in law and order. I fight for small businesses. I, I'm not reading the whole thing. I'm just reading the highlights. The most amazing one at the end is, above all else, these are my goals. And then he mentions some local things. And the last one is, make Watchdale great again. I kid you not. This is in the letter. You can find it on social media. Daniel, if you want to uh, share it somewhere, um, uh, yeah, people can then see it. So uh, that, is, that is how... That's so how George Galloway, um, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's how he uh, tries to convince white people to vote for him. Now, this is George Galloway's letter to Muslim voters. Uh, I'm going to read some of it. as alaikum. The last 130 days have shocked the Ummah to its core. The killing of thousands of our brothers and sisters in Gaza is a war crime and Israel must be held to account. Uh, I think that makes the point, actually. He goes <laughs> on. He goes on and I think, uh, you know, my uh, uh, future in uh, acting and uh, uh, voiceovers is, uh, is secure. Morgan, your thoughts on those letters, on my accents or on uh, the very fact that I, I read them?
1: <laughs> I, I mean, you mentioned I objected, so that's I, that's all I have to say about that. Um, as for his letters, something people should appreciate about George Galloway is that he is very cynical, and it isn't as if he's bound by some code of honour, to, to, so therefore he will write these two differing letters. And so he'll say one thing to one um, group and he'll say one thing to another. And I think the the letter that he basically sent to the Muslim voters or the people he understood to be Muslim is actually more reflective of his genuine opinions. And so it, we should understand exactly who this guy is. He isn't going to just tell the truth when he's put on the spot. So when he says things about not being an anti-Semite, but then does things that would lead you to believe that he is an anti-Semite, you should be bearing that kind of thing in mind. Um Something briefly about the election as well, because he did get 39.7%. He didn't get 39.7% of eligible voters, though. That's important to keep in mind. He got 39.7% of people who turned out, and um, the turnout was very, very low. So he – actually, no, sorry, 39 – excuse me. 39.7% was the turnout for the constituency, and then he got 40% of that. So that's about 9% of eligible voters overall. Um, which is very, very low, shockingly low. The average um, turnout in general elections um, in the UK is about 67%. So... I think one of the things that you can draw from that is that not only did the people who voted for him want to send a message primarily to the Labour Party, and that's how Galloway's framed it, and I think that's actually accurate, and that's certainly how Keir Starmer has taken it, that there's a message that they wanted to send about that, that they they wanted Labour to be more hardline about Gaza, they wanted them to be more in favour of the Palestinians and more hostile to the Israelis. But also, the people who didn't come out and vote in this by-election even though it's received immense coverage, it's not like they wouldn't know it was going on. They didn't care. They didn't care who was going to represent them. They didn't care enough to vote. So they, they didn't view him and all that he's known for. It isn't like he's just this low profile figure. He's very well known in British politics because he is this firebrand orator. They didn't care about that enough. And they didn't care about the anti semitism issue to have heard about it and to look into it and then vote against him. And that's really, really terrible. So... This is a real badge of shame on the people of, of Rochdale.
0: Yeah, no, um, just to understand who he appeals to, here's a tweet. Uh <clears throat> here's a tweet from yesterday. If you follow me in Rochdale, get out and vote for George Galloway today. He's not perfect, but it's the best way by far to stick two fingers up to the rotten political elite and their fake news media cronies. Um So this is Nick Griffin. Nick Griffin was for many years the leader of the British National Party. I've mentioned the British National Party uh, on on this show in the context of when I talk about uh, the the token Jews of the anti-Israel movement. I I often remind people of uh, when when a court of law forced the British National Party in the UK to accept non-white people as members. And on the first day after that uh, was implemented, uh, there there was a black man who signed up, and uh, and of course they celebrated that fact. But but clearly they don't want people who are not white. This is this is a white supremacist um party and a white supremacist person, who is a uh, if if you look at his Twitter, this was this was not the the you know the clearest sign of support. Like he he tweeted again and again about this. He's a bit, he's a he's a big fan of of George Galloway because um. Because they have something in common again, you know, people, uh, people's, uh, people's hatred of Jews unites them uh, among uh, above all of all of their divisions.
1: Yes, well, so Nick Griffin has been kind of out of British politics for a long time. He was a real figure of the 2000s, when horrifically, round about you know the, the start of the millennium, and then 2000 the 2005 election. His party really started picking up traction and they started seeing results, especially in the local councils. I can't remember whether they got MPs. I I want to say they didn't, but certainly they didn't get MPs. They got
0: two uh, members of the European Parliament at some point, I believe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then very controversially, he was invited on BBC Question Time and he performed so badly and was such a moron that they basically were destroyed electorally after that in, in quite a famous story. And the old joke about them is so they're the, BN- the BNP, the British National Party, is that they're the British Nazi Party because they they really do brand themselves that way. And multiple um, of their members have been found to have been involved in right wing Terrorist organisations have been arrested and sent to jail for actually planning terror attacks. Notably, one young man um, surrounding Durham a few years ago. So the fact that Nick Griffin is supporting is tweeting in favour of you. You can't support. You can't control that per se, but it should cause you to reflect. Why does Nick Griffin see what I'm saying? I think this is really good, and if there's something. There's there's a logical continuity between your opinions and Nick Griffin's. That is, I mean, it's the same as saying there's a logical continuity between your opinions and Hitler. That's just how bad it is. And that should really give people pause that George Galloway has just been elected back to the House of Commons.
0: Yeah. And the logical continuity goes uh, further. I mean, so the, the party that George Galloway is the head of is called the Workers Party of Britain. I'm, I'm looking at their Wikipedia and the first thing it has is that not to be confused with Socialist Workers Party, basically socialist. Uh, if this was Socialist Workers Party for Britain, it would only miss one word to basically be have the same name as the Nazi Party um, uh, original one. And, um, uh, yeah, you know, uh, it, it, George Galloway, um, what, he accuses Israel of, uh, you know, a massacre and, and so on. But uh, the way to know that he doesn't really believe that is because George Galloway has never met a, a butcher he didn't like. I mean, he he was buddies with Saddam Hussein. We uh, a few days ago had a picture on a thumbnail of him and uh, Ismail Haniya, the head of Hamas. Uh, he supports Putin, you know. He he's uh, which which again is is that is consistent. Let me remind the audience. Yeah, if you if you come at it with a principled uh point of view, whether whether the principles are right or wrong, yeah. If if they're wrong, you will support both Russia and the Palestinians because it is uh in in many ways essentially the same side. And if you're on the good side, you will support Israel and Ukraine. There is no uh two ways about it. Uh, but no. Uh, in in his case, it is always. It is always the murderers that, that he will support. Um, and and we know this about people who uh, support the Palestinians and make that their issue are people who are looking at the world and what the, 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 the flaw that they find is that one sliver of land in the in the in the Middle East in, the, in a sea of savagery, the one uh, civilized place, and of course the, the place where Jews live. And uh, it's it's never an accident, you know. These people, these people, considering uh, where they're coming at it from, it is uh, it is of course uh, consistent for them to support the Palestinians. Uh, so just quickly on the in the video, um, the one video that I uh, clicked of his, which uh, was titled um, uh, "Holocaust with a small H," this was a few days ago. Uh, there, there was one at one point. He says, uh, kind of as a as a a, a side point when he's criticizing Biden. He says about uh the war that it's a conflict. This is a quote: conflict that has already cost the blood and lives of well over a hundred thousand people in one hundred thirty five days. Uh, now of course he says blood and lives, so maybe he means anybody who who uh, had a paper cut during this time counts. But of course the number the number he is uh he is referring to. I don't know where where he gets where he gets to that number, but it is without a doubt based on the number of his his good buddies who did October seventh, uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's where he gets it from, Morgan.
1: Um, yeah, and so I mean, just picking up on something you were saying, it isn't like George Galloway; it's like one of the kind of people in their late teens who goes and protests in the street in favor of Gaza, who's a kind of stupid kid who's picked this up from the culture but doesn't really know any better. He's really been around for a long time and knows what he's talking about. So he knows better. And so you can't excuse this as a mistake or ignorance about something. He, and he's been to a lot of the societies that he's speaking in favor of. He knows what they're like. He's seen it and he's thought, wow, this is a good thing. This is the the ethic I would like to instill in society. And so the Workers' Party that he's founded, as I said yesterday on the show, he said, and it says, I believe on the website, was founded to, it's something like support the or to revive the achievements or the memory of the USSR, Cuba, and China. So it's openly in favor of totalitarian communist societies, the ones which destroyed the most number of people ever in history. That That is the level of evil that you're talking about here. So when it comes to his opinions about any of this stuff, you're right. There are no butchers that he's not met, that he hasn't liked. So there was Saddam Hussein, who was the head of the Ba'athist Party, which was openly inspired by German National Socialism. Um, his deputy leader, Chris Williamson, who's another... Reprobate, who I'm sorry to see is back in British politics again, um, was hosting Palestine Declassified on the, the Iranian press TV with another anti Semite professor from Bristol for a number of years. And if you ever go watch that drivel, it is just the worst anti-Semitic conspiracy theories about people secretly influencing things for Israel's benefit just framed in the context of being anti-Zionist instead of anti-Semitic. That, As I said, that's a wonderful trick that the anti-Semites learned from 1948 onwards is you could say anti-Zionist or anti-Israel and therefore you can have the same conspiracy theorist, the same conspiracy theorist type language targeting the same people who end up being Jews and persecuting them and get away with it, at least in some people's minds. So that is who this person is that's the person who we've got back in our legislature and it it is truly awful
0: yeah and chris williamson who you mentioned yeah i was watching the election coverage yesterday and all of a sudden he pops up on my screen and uh and uh he he does his thing where you know he repeats the word genocide of course as 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 these people's uh, uh minister of propaganda said if you repeat a lie uh often enough it becomes the truth uh chris williamson is somebody who Um, you know tweeted on on october 17th uh, was it that uh, during the al ali hospital uh, incident or bombing as uh, as they called it immediately tweeted uh accusing israel of this and and said something which he often says which is israel needs to be dismantled now of course when these people say dismantled that is a that is a a kind of a a legal loophole because in the uk we have we have uh, hate speech laws uh and uh, and you know if you say uh, look, the Jews need to be wiped off the face of the earth. Uh, that is that is a crime in, in Britain. So he uh, uh, managed to say what he meant without having to to fully say it. And yeah, I was watching Galloway's speech. Galloway's speech, uh, you know, yeah, as, as you mentioned, he, he can speak um, and uh, he starts with his first words are Keir Starmer. Keir Starmer is the leader of the left-wing Labour Party in the UK, party that is uh, heavily... Uh, favorite to uh, win, heavy favorite to win the next general election. So Keir Starmer is very likely to be prime minister, um, you know, by the end of the year. And uh, he so he said, Keir Starmer, this is for Gaza. So Rochdale, which used to be one of the richest places in the UK, now one of the poorest, has elected their representative who says, uh, you know, I don't care about any of you, this is for Gaza. But why is this for Gaza and why is it directed at kier starmer because uh you know the labor party is not is is, is anti-israel there's uh there uh, you know their the policies just as the conservative uh party is anti-israel but labor uh, is a bit more um viciously anti-israel but not viciously enough they they still uh formally uh, are are in favor of the existence of israel have even uh had the audacity to say that israel has the right to defend itself and uh, you know that's that's unacceptable to people who want the jews wiped out. sorry israel to be dismantled so um so yeah george galloway goes into his speech about that of course later on he he does talk a little bit about rochdale and uh uh rochdale football club and how he's going to save it so i'm sure that is at the very top of his agenda um Yeah, there would be something else, but
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, his, his people should go watch his speech. So, because there's a number of bits in the latter point, latter part of it, which I guess I directed to his constituents, which is, which are not really very interesting. But he does start it with this broadside against Starmer, and I, I think it is right, as I said, to understand this as a protest against him, even though the turnout was very low. The other people didn't care enough, um, to go and demonstrate the other way. So this is, I think that Galloway's understanding of this is the right way to understand it, that this is a criticism of Starmer. And Starmer represents a move back to kind of new labor, which is moving labor into the center. So they're going to violate people's rights less. They're going to steal less of their wealth. They're going to um, bankrupt the country slightly less through the NHS by trying to use private um, procurement and all these kinds of things. And he sees that and he thinks, car, that's rubbish. I, I really like the totalitarian communism of the 20th century. We should be more like that. And so that's, what he represents, um, and also what you were you were kind of <laughs> saying about when that you know misspeak about being anti jube Oh no, I'm just anti-Israel. Perhaps a way that people who might be a bit skeptical about that could understand it is that in the UK, because in the House of Commons <clears throat> there isn't actually fully free speech, there is a such a thing as parliamentary privilege, where certain kinds of speech are protected at times. But for example, if you impugn the honour of another member of the House, you can be thrown out. That's just one of the examples where you can be thrown out, and so. A lot of MPs over time have developed ways of saying what they want to say while saying something else. So Churchill famously, so you can't call someone a liar, very famously. If you say that someone has been dishonest, that will get you thrown out of the house because you have to retract it. And Churchill famously coined the phrase that an honorable member is guilty of terminological inexactitude as a way of saying that someone else was lying. Right, And so when it comes to these people, yeah, they're they're anti-Zionist, they're anti-Israel. When they're anti-Semites, there might be people in the world, and so I don't consider myself a Zionist, for example. But I don't think you could you could mistake me for being. I, you know, I want Israel to exist. I don't want it wiped off the wiped off the face of the earth. Whereas Galloway very clearly does. And why is there a difference between me and him? It's because it's anti-Semitism. People, you know, don't be suckered in by this stuff.
0: Christopher Smith says, uh, "I hate Israel. Has the right to defend itself." patronizing to israel in my opinion who doesn't have the right to defend themselves it's a no brainer yeah i completely agree with that that's not uh that that is what people say when they're not really uh when they don't really mean it because when they do mean it they they don't say that they encourage they'll say you know i support israel uh fighting this war in in order to win it uh thank you bonnie for the super chat thank you james valiant james says Uh, Asks, Does his victory have any implication for the next general election? That's a good question. I mean, the way elections work in the UK, we don't know when exactly it is. It's completely on the prime minister. He calls it and then it's three weeks later. Uh, People were expecting it to be in the spring. I think now the expectation is it'll be in the fall because uh, uh, right now he's going to lose big time. And maybe in the fall, he's going to lose a little bit less. Uh, Legally, it has to be by January of next year. yeah, by-elections are different. This one, especially because Labour abandoned their candidate at some point because he, again, was a bit too anti-Semitic for them by saying that Israel allowed October 7th to happen. So, uh, but but at the time that they, uh, they um, you know, uh, parted ways with him, it was too late for them. He was still on the ballot at Labour. It was too late for them to run their own candidate. It's not too late for them to run their own candidate in the general election, so they will have a candidate. Um uh, you know, how many people will show up to vote. It's probably going to be more than 39.7. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, the fact is he, he's going to be in parliament for a few months and um, and yeah, then he's going to run in the general election where, where I think it will have an impact. And Morgan, you probably uh, know more about this than me, but and he certainly uh, thinks it's going to have an impact is right now on British politics, on how labour uh, goes into the next general election, election what they uh, what they think about Keir Starmer, um, you know, has been not certainly not as bad as the previous Labour leader, although that's not very difficult. Um, but he is, uh, uh, you know, he he he's not super principled. Let's uh, put it put it lightly. So it could be that if he sees votes slipping away, uh, I don't know. You know, we'll see when he starts to use words like genocide and uh, and so on.
1: Yeah, I think, I think probably this will have an effect on the general election. It's not certain. Um, so Rochdale has consistently voted left since at least 2005. Interestingly, before that, they had a huge history of voting for Liberal candidates. Um, some of them not so nice, like Cyril Smith, he's probably one of the most evil MPs who's ever existed. But as I say, Richard Cobden was there. So they actually have a huge... The Liberal Democrat should have done well in this constituency, but since 2005, they voted hugely for Labour. And the thing about this, as you say, is that Azar Ali... Um, wasn't able to really stand under the Labour banner. Although he was, he was on the ballot under the Labour name, but Labour had disavowed him. So he still got something like 8% of the vote, but he was, You know, it, it destroyed his chances. And a way in which we could be optimistic about this is that really in the UK, the two-party system does reign supreme. So there are other examples like this where there are by-elections and either someone has been kicked out of their party so they're the independent candidate or they join this uh, rebel party, which they can do, once they've won the seat, they can join any party they like and then it counts as that um, party's seat. And then when it comes round to the next general election, they get squashed again because they've left the party which people really wanted them for. Now, it's notable that in this by-election, he still won anyway. And it's plausible, I think, that actually he could have defeated Azhar Ali. I don't know it for certain, but... It's plausible that he could have done or come very close. And so if so it's it's possible that at the next general election, people will just go back and vote Labour and he'll be gone. And happy days. That would be great. But also, he's a very dedicated constituency MP in lots of ways. He'll really go around, knock on doors, meet people, be very charming, you know, press flesh, and um, you know, christen babies, whatever. And it's plausible that he could get the people to like him and therefore he could stay. So I don't know for certain, but I think it's very plausible that he could still be in in six months time.
0: Yeah, very charming. I mean, if if he uh, if he tells white people, uh, you know, things that some might consider transphobic uh, and then goes to he basically if, he, if he'll tell you whatever you have to say, I'm, I'm pretty sure he won't do that for the Jewish voters, although I don't know if there are many in, in Rochdale uh but yeah you know um uh for our non uk viewers you know election election night in in the uk is very different from anything uh, in the us um and in israel the, the two other countries where i follow elections when i when i first saw a us election was, uh, a uk election it was uh interesting it's it's different you know um so there's 635 constituencies it, each one is a seat in parliament whoever has the majority uh, the leader of that party is prime minister and when they, when each constituency uh, has their results, they have in the, I'm guessing council building, they have the returning officer uh, on stage reading out how many votes each one got, and behind him are all the candidates on stage. I think this is why British politics has this uh, things like the monster raving loony party, which is basically uh, something that is kind of a joke about about politics, and they always dress funny and so on, and and uh, whenever. In, in constituencies where there's the party leader uh, a bunch of more of these uh, like there, there are different weird uh, people on stage because it's, it's, an, it's a, an opportunity for them to get on stage and do something weird so um, yesterday while George Galloway is uh, up there so the, the returning officer reads the results then he uh, uh, invites George Galloway to make a speech George Galloway makes a speech at some point Somebody starts shouting him down and this is some environmentalist woman in the audience and at the same time a candidate who's on stage with him uh tries to throw um what was it orange uh it was confetti right it wasn't paint this time I can't remember on, like on that. George Galloway and uh I don't know if I'm offending any of George Galloway's voters by saying he throws like a woman uh the the guy who that's that's a joke people that's uh but yeah he, he missed and he's right there on stage with him uh so not a good day for the environmentalists either although when they um when they you know when they uh when when they interrupt something i think that's uh, that's all that's all they're they're there for um yeah
1: my final my final point would just be that there isn't a notable Jewish population in Rochdale, but Rochdale is in the Greater Manchester area and it's in the sort of northeast of Manchester, right? But in the north of Manchester, there is a very notable Jewish population. There's so outside most Jews in the UK are concentrated around London, but outside of London, the most probably the most notable Jewish population is in Northern Manchester. And there's a quite isolated Hasidic community who's very insular, who all live together and and so on, um, who I interacted with a lot when I worked in Manchester because I was working in a vaccination centre. So I saw, saw them all coming in for their jabs. Um, part of the reporting in the UK press today has been that this is a dark day for a lot of British Jews because of what Galloway represents. And if I were one of these people living in North Manchester, I would, I would feel really not very secure because of that town is just over there and they don't see a problem. With a lot of the anti-semitism that's going on or they turn a blind eye to it so that would be worrying if i were in that situation
0: uh there's some good uh trolling comments and of course we will read as we do on sundays on the reality show extra uh trolls if you want your comment read uh, keep commenting it's good for the algorithm and if you want to see your comment read you will have to pay us. Yeah, we're greedy people. Uh, you need to become a member of this YouTube channel. The reality show extra is for YouTube members. Uh, and members. Uh, of ARC UK. That is Sunday at six. Right now it's six. Six. Uh, it is six PM UK time. We are uh going to wrap this up, and we're gonna uh start the reality show where we will be talking about uh Israel's disillusioned left. I'm sure we're going to talk about George Galloway again, unfortunately. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, Morgan, for joining, and we'll see you in a minute.
1: See you later.